Welcome to today's issues. Join us for the next hour as we offer a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Ed Vitagliano. And welcome to the program. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman today. I am joined in studio by Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Ed. We'll You're, get to the hockey highlights shortly. Yes. <laughs> one, one wasn't many highlights last night, unless you were uh, a Tampa Bay Lightning fan. And boo, hiss. That's what I've got to say about them. There you go. And uh, Chris Woodward, news reporter for OneNewsNow.com. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. You don't have any comments about hockey? You you have any interest at all in hockey? I I, I am familiar with the sport, and I... I'm up to speed on things okay, based that's, on that's sports all, that's radio. That's all I need to hear. That's all I need to hear. <laughs> Game on. <laughs> Game on. Well, folks, Tim is uh, – He's is, mourning too. <laughs> he, he's in mourning too because he's gone out to Omaha to the College Baseball World Series to see his team, Mississippi State. They got whooped. Last night, actually, he wasn't there for that game. He will see the game tonight. So Fred and I decided, well, since we're going to be hosting the show in his absence, we're going to talk for the first 30 minutes about hockey. Because everybody wants to. I'll see myself out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding, folks. Please don't turn off the radio. I hope you waited at least a heartbeat there before you did that. Uh, You're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. If you would like to watch us do radio, and for those of you who are watching, we'll give you a little wave. You can just simply go to Facebook or YouTube, search for today's issues, and click through. And you can watch us do the show. If you're going to be traveling in the next few days or few weeks, it's summertime. Folks will do some traveling. Uh, and you will miss American Family Radio. You know you will. You can download the AFR app, and you can listen to uh, great programming all day long, anywhere there's good internet. And uh, you also, by the way, can go to AFR.net just on your computer, and we live stream the audio for American Family Radio right there. So several ways for you to access the great content and Christian-based information and preaching uh, that uh, we offer here at American Family Radio with your help and with your prayers. All right, Chris, you are Fred today. Yes. So you're bringing us the news. You you uh, pitch the ball, we whack it out of the park. All right. Now, we hope. now I understand that reference. All right. Uh, <laughs> there is a big story I want to bring your attention to right now. It is in the uh, breaking news section of onenewsnow.com right at the top of the page. The headline is, Supreme Court says no right to hearing for some illegal immigrants. And you can read more about this by visiting our website, onenewsnow.com. Just reading from the AP material that our editor has posted, the Supreme Court ruled today that the government can indefinitely detain certain immigrants who say they will face persecution or torture if they are deported to their native countries. Over the dissent of three liberal justices, the court held 6-3 to that the immigrants are not entitled to a hearing about whether they should be released while the government evaluates their claims. Justice Samuel Alito wrote for the court saying, quote, those aliens are not entitled to a bond hearing. Yeah, he used politically incorrect language there. Those aliens? Aliens. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Joe Biden doesn't want that. You yeah. can get fired if you work for the Border Patrol. This is an interesting decision in that what it really involves is people who entered the country illegally. They were caught. They were deported. 
and then they come back in the country illegally again and say, by golly, uh, please let me stay because I may be persecuted or tortured if I'm sent back. They make and, a, a claim for asylum. They make a claim for asylum. The issue was, uh, after making the claim for asylum, should they have a right to go before a judge and say, while we're waiting for a hearing down the road, six months, 12 months, 18 months, let me go. And so what the case was about uh, and what Samuel Alito said, Justice Samuel Alito said, no, you're not entitled to a bond hearing. Uh, you've been deported once. You enter the country illegally again. We're not going to babysit you for months and months and months uh, and let you go into the general population under the hope that you come back for a hearing. Right. And so it was interesting. It was a 63 decision, mm -hmm. as Chris was saying. Uh, now, the AP story doesn't tell us who the three were. But put up your hand if you think you can guess who the three were. I think Sotomayor, Kagan, Kagan and, and Breyer. And Breyer, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's the way it went down. And uh, six to three decision. And I guess we can thank former President Trump for putting some conservatives on the court. You know, this is uh, a, a pretty, this is interesting. Now, I, I just heard about it when I came in. This is released mm -hmm. this morning. Just right? in the last hour. In the last hour. So uh, I'm not quite up to speed on this, but I will say this. The claim for asylum had become standard operating procedure for those who wanted to get to this country illegally and then disappear into the general population. Now, my understanding is some of these folks do come back for their hearing. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that everyone who comes across the border illegally is going to lie in court. But the fact of the matter is, once they disappear into the general population, mm -hmm. there's no guarantee that they will come back. But even if they don't have a legitimate claim for asylum, they were coached. They were coached by the Mexican government. They were coached by Democrats. You just simply say you're here because of asylum, when the reality is the vast majority of those coming here are coming here because they want a better life. Yes. And I, I, I don't. I don't uh, disagree with that motivation. I'm sure that's a powerful motivation, but that's not what the asylum claim was intended to do. However, we have to remind people the hundreds of thousands that have been coming across the border since Joe Biden became president. Right. It's exactly what they're doing. Yes. They're claiming asylum, and the Biden administration is saying, uh, go ahead, uh, go across the country. We're going to put you on a plane. Talked about yes. this yesterday. Plane or bus, uh, you guys go where you want. Uh, we'll give you a hearing date. Hope to see you then. Right. Yeah. I do want to point out that there is nothing wrong with referring to someone from another country as an alien. Because while it does mean someone coming from another world or planet, it also does mean relating, belonging, or owing allegiance to another country or government. And so. that's 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 biblical. That's a Bible word long before anyone even conceived of right. E.T. Phoning, phoning home. Right. Okay. Or Martian war machines. Um, nanu, nanu. Yes. Uh, long before that, yes. alien meant uh, some, like you said, somebody who's not from here. And I, I've got right. that a lot when I first moved down here. <laughs> a good to the example South. is, yeah, you ain't from around here, are you, boy? <laughs> yeah, uh, a good example of that is, you know, Abram or Abraham was not from Israel, what yes. we now call Israel. He came from another land. He was an alien in someone else's land. If you want to look at it that way, right? Yes, if you have a green card, you're a resident alien. Yes, it's not an insult. No. It's it's being called an insult. Because the left has made a narrative that those who want a border protected 
on uh, on uh, the su- southern portion of the United States are actually afraid of people who are different. That's not the point. When we've been over that scores of times, but mm. uh, this is a very interesting decision, six to three. And Fred, you're you are exactly right. This is one of those times when the three count them three Supreme Court justices appointed by President Trump have come up big. And uh, we may see even more in the uh, years to come. More to come. Well, speaking of the left and their narratives, one of the things that we've seen and heard a lot about in the news in recent days and weeks, really, is uh, Olympic athletes or athletes in general wanting to protest the flag and the national anthem in the name of this or that. Um, And one recent example that has a lot of people talking, including this morning, involves a um, a lady named Gwendolyn Berry. She competes in the hammer throw, and if you have not seen this yet, uh, she received a bronze medal over the weekend in the hammer throw. This is one of the competitions leading up to what we call the Olympics. Uh, and while the music played, she placed her left hand on her hip and shuffled her feet. Uh, she kind of turned. Uh, she faced the stands, not the flag. Toward the end of the ceremony where they're playing the national anthem, she plugs up her, her black T-shirt with the words activist athlete emblazoned on the front, drapes it over her head, makes a face, things of that nature. And as you would imagine, this has a lot of people talking. And I do have some sound here. Uh, this is a former NFL player turned Army Ranger named Jake Beckett. He was on Fox and Friends this morning talking about uh, Gwen Berry's protest. Clip one. Standing there on the sideline before a game, watching that flag wave while the national anthem played, always filled me with pride. And I felt that way because I thought about the generations of warriors who fought and died to make this country free. And it makes me very upset to see some athletes and even President Biden blatantly disrespecting our flag and the great country that flag stands for. So if Gwen Berry wants to, you know, uh, if she hates this country so much, then she should quit the U.S. Olympic team and go compete somewhere else. Now, if you have not seen it, Representative Dan Crenshaw of Texas, another veteran, uh, he wants Gwen Berry kicked off the Olympic team, said what she's doing is un-American, doesn't belong on the team. You know, this is, uh, again, another one of these controversial things. Uh, Colin Kaepernick was kind of the first here in recent memory um, to kind of get this going in terms of do we pay respect to the flag? He was the one, I don't know if he was the first one, but the first one I can remember who knelt. Now I I will say this, these kind of things come in cycles. Fred, you're old enough. Chris isn't. You and I are old enough to remember the 1968 Olympic games Mm -hmm. when some black athletes uh, raised the black, the fist for the black power. Right. During the playing of the national anthem, I, f- I forget the names of them. I think they were they were runners, sprinters, um, and, and so this is the kind of controversy that goes when racial tensions are heightened in our country. So now here we are in 2021. We went through 2020 and all that happened uh, last year with regards to race relations. So it's not surprising to me to see some athletes wanting to make their uh, statement by showing disrespect, I just think they should be punished for it. I, I think, it, and here's the thing, I, I am absolutely in favor of, uh, uh, what's her name, uh, uh, Gwen, Gwen Berry, uh, making uh, a, a point when she has opportunity to speak her mind and say what she wants to say. You just don't do it on the podium. Yeah. That's that's my opinion. I hope I hope she is punished by the U.S. Olympic team. 
I, I'm not sure I, I would uh, kick her off like um, Jake Beckett was. Uh, was he the one that's kind of Dan Crenshaw that? was the one Dan that said Crenshaw. she doesn't need to. Okay, be I, I just think she. I think she should be. Uh, the U.S. Olympic Committee should talk to her and ask her if she will be able to show respect. And then if she says no, or if she says uh, yes, and then shows out if she wins a medal. Uh, then I think it should be stripped. I don't think the U.S. Olympic team should honor her if she refuses to honor the t- the team for which she's playing. You know, uh, I think Gwen Berry is obviously very good at what she does. She's yep. a hammer thrower. Uh, as as these things go, uh, when you're an Olympic champion uh, in your field and uh, you're an American citizen, you stand to make a lot of money at right? some point uh, for endorsements of products and that sort of thing. I think I would say to Gwen Berry, uh, is there any other country in the world where you're probably going to make become a millionaire for doing what you do? She would probably say there's, no, if she was honest, no other country. Right. I would also say that what other country in the world has hundreds of thousands of people at their border trying to get in here desperately? Right. There is a reason for that. America is the greatest country in the world. And it is the most benevolent, kindest a uh, place where you come for opportunities. And to say, as she is saying, I, she's upset that they played the Olympics while she was on the podium. And then she says, I'm here to protest systemic racism. Mm-hmm. And again, we could have a discussion. Show me where there is systemic racism going on in the country to the point where a certain group of people have no opportunity whatsoever right. to succeed in their given fields. Tell me where that's happening. The, what's missing in this in in these protests is truth. That's and that's what bothers me. And a media that is not willing to say to Gwen Berry, "Wait a minute," mm-hmm. you know, like you said, Ed, you have a right to protest. Yeah. But to do it in this venue, to a country that has been so good to you, giving you the opportunity to be on an Olympic team, being an opportunity to be a millionaire someday, right? There's no other country in the world that's that's ready to do that for you. Isn't there some degree of thankfulness that you can show, at least for the moment when the national anthem is being played, not to protest? Well, and, and let me just say this, just in case someone misunderstands and thinks that think that I am making this a racial thing. We have seen over the last several weeks plenty of black Americans standing up for mm-hmm. this country yes. and even making the point you're making, Fred, where they're saying, listen, I have been successful in this country. This country has been good to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to see critical race theory taught in my kids' schools. We've seen a lot of black Americans standing up. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the implication that all black people dislike this country mm-hmm. and disrespect the flag, it, like you said, is not true. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would say... The vast majority of black people in this country love this nation. They're patriotic. Yes, they see things differently than I do as a, as a white guy. I understand that. I want to hear what they have to say. If there's real injustice, I think the Christians that I know who were white, I think if there was real systemic racism in this country where someone's told, we're not giving you the job because you're black, I think all the white Christians I know yeah. mm-hmm. would stand up and say that's wrong. That's right. That's wrong. You mm-hmm. should. Everyone should deserves a chance based on their merits. So, yes. like you said, truth is 
missing in action here with a lot of these protests. I do have some audio in case anybody out there is wondering uh, where the president might fall on this specific issue involving Gwen Berry. Um, I've got some audio here. This is Fox News reporter Peter Ducey. Is he going to whisper his no. answer? No. Okay. <laughs> um, Peter Ducey asking uh, White House Press Secretary Jen Circleback Saki uh, what President Biden thinks about this issue. Clip two. Uh, this weekend, Gwen Berry, who hopes to represent the United States as an Olympian on the hammer throwing uh, events, won a bronze medal at the trials, and then she turned her back on the flag while the anthem played. Does President Biden think that is appropriate behavior for someone who hopes to represent Team USA? Well, uh, Peter, I, I haven't spoken to the president specifically about this, but I know he's incredibly proud to be an American uh, and has great respect for the anthem and all that it represents, especially for our, our men and women serving in uniform all around the world. He would also say, of course, that part of that pride in our country means recognizing there are moments where we are, as a country, haven't lived up to our highest ideals. And it means respecting the right of people granted to them in the Constitution to peacefully protest. It seems like a, I'm going to sit on the fence and not really tell you one way or the other kind of answer, which, in all fairness, we get from a number of press secretaries for a whole bunch of presidents. But that was my takeaway. Well, I, I think that she... I don't get upset at Jen Psaki because this is her job. Right. This is the job of press secretaries is to spin <laughs> and to not get caught making your boss look bad. Yes. So I, 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 I don't doubt that that's what she's doing because she has to make try to make everybody happy so mm-hmm. nobody's getting mad at the president. So, But I, 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 I think there's nothing wrong. You certainly wouldn't have got that from President Trump. Fred, <laughs> no. President Trump would have said, uh, yeah, listen, you got you have a right to protest. You just don't there's a time and a place. Yeah. And when you're when you have represented your country by being on a, on, a, on an Olympic team and you win a medal and you're before the world, you behave yeah. like a respectful person. That's right. You behave like you're grateful to be part of the team. Mm-hmm. You're grateful to be in a country that gave you the opportunity to be part of the right. team, that your skin color didn't stop you from participating in that sport. That's why I get upset about this continuous claim of systemic racism. Mm-hmm. It just is not happening in this country. I'm sorry, and I agree with you. Uh, the, the the voices of black people who disagree with the Gwen Berries, you don't see them on CNN and NBC and CBS. Uh, they don't get a platform, yeah. and, and, and the reason is not because of their skin color. They're saying the wrong thing to the left. Right. Like, that's the problem. Yeah. I think um, the the people behind these protests, which do include white people as well that take a knee or whatever it may be, sure. um, I think they, they're just, they need to regroup and figure out how to make their point heard or message come across differently or whatnot because they they will say until the end of time that this is a free speech issue. And some people on the right are okay with that. But if you do anything that involves, if you do anything negative towards the national anthem or the U.S. flag, you've lost a lot of the people that you were trying to bring to your side of the argument. So you all need to have a meeting and come up with something different because you're never going to get your point across. If you want to use your platform as an Olympic athlete and meet with some business CEOs and say, look, I think this is happening. What can we do to help you bring attention to the issue? I'm okay with that. But anytime you turn from the flag of which black people did die in service to this 
country in some foreign combat situation. That's just, it's disrespectful to everybody. There are people out there that agree with you, but the fact that you did this, you just lost all the other people that you're trying to persuade. I just, contrast, back to hockey again. Yeah. Last night, opening ceremony at the at the game in Tampa. They passed around this flag that had to be like 20 feet by 20 feet all around the crowd as the national anthem was being sung by an African-American woman. It was an incredible moment. No hockey players took a knee. Yeah. You know, this was about their, they're proud of their country mm-hmm. as the national anthem was being sung. And it was a time of celebration. This was before the game started. Right. They're celebrating their country. And, and I've yet to see the kind of protest of a, a Gwen Berry at a hockey mm-hmm. game. So just kudos to well, hockey. Well, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, the the media. I wish somebody would ask a Gwen Berry these kinds of questions like, show me where there is systemic racism. They're too busy telling you that it exists. Yes. And they don't give the examples. And so they get people all hot and bothered to believe that it is because you trust this source, therefore you'll take it as gospel and tell everybody else well, that it and, happens. And I, and I said this, and I certainly wasn't alone in this, when Colin Kaepernick began with his protest taking a knee. This is uh, this may be three years ago. I forget how, how long ago that was, maybe four, maybe more than that. But uh, the thing is, is what was everyone talking about? Everyone was talking about whether it's appropriate to kneel during the national mm-hmm. anthem. Nobody was talking about whatever it was that Colin Kaepernick was protesting. To me, if you want to draw attention to certain, which you believe are certain injustices, then you, as Colin Kaepernick, ought to hold a press conference yeah. and you lay out the case. Right. But instead, everyone was talking about the kneeling mm-hmm. and the and the flag and the anthem and and was this a respectful protest at that time? And what it seems to me like is you're actually taking away attention from the issues that you supposedly care about, and everyone's talking about the form rather than the content. Yeah, I will. So. Uh, I did look it up uh, through an internet uh, search. Here, it looks like Kaepernick's uh, kneeling stunt, whatever it, the term may be, uh, began as far back as 2016, maybe even 2015. Um, so it's been going on for quite wow. some time. All right, it's, it has- it, time flies in this news cycle. <laughs> yes, that, that, so that that's right because it was before. Uh, uh, it seems like it was before President Trump won. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, uh, that's interesting, and I think that for a period of time, I don't know how long it's going to take because this happened in the 60s as well. Mm-hmm. People's emotions get inflamed. I believe these kinds of things will settle down at some point. It might take a little longer because the media seems intent on fanning the flames for the political points that they hope to score. Uh, but eventually people will calm down and maybe talk about the issues that these athletes want to talk right. about and then if they have some ideas, I think people are willing to listen. So. I think the barometer is coming next year. It's called the midterm elections. Oh, yes. I, I, I honestly believe at this point the Democrats have overplayed their hands on the border. Yeah. They've overplayed their hands on that. Uh, and they've overplayed their hand on playing the race card. This, this is not going to go well for the Democrats. Yeah, because t- here's part of the problem. Tied to the racial issues is defund the police yes and that has not that is not gone that has not gone well no it hasn't for these big cities because of the amount of crime Mm -hmm. the amount of the number of police officers who have said i'm done 
I'm retiring early or I'm moving to a smaller community. So you have tied to racial issues, the burning of Minneapolis, all those kinds of things, the protests in Portland taking over you know, places, all that is going to be linked to the Democratic Party, and I don't think it's going to go well. A lot can change, but we'll see. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, more of today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Next time on Today's Issues, our guest will be Abraham Hamilton III. The king of glory himself, having the power and ability to do whatever he chose to do, ordained as the first institution of his creative genius to be the family. We'll also have news headlines and analysis from American Family News. Don't miss the next Today's Issues, weekday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 Central on American Family Radio. What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God? After two years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. There are only two sexes, male or female. If you're conceived with a Y chromosome, you will develop into a male. In His Image is a documentary featuring life-changing testimonies of former LGBT individuals. In my most formative years of development of sexuality, I went through a brutal time of uh, sexual distortion, molestation. Visit InHisImage.movie to watch In His Image. Well, everybody, welcome to this unboxing video as we unbox my hormone blockers. In His Image from American Family Studios is available now for free viewing. Visit InHisImage.movie. You're made in the image of God. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. If you're a first responder, you know the right training can make all the difference in a crisis. At Liberty University, we know the right training can make all the difference for your future. So we're proud to offer you a 25% discount on our more than 450 online degree programs. Combine this discount with our generous military benefits if you or your spouse also have military experience. Learn more about getting the right training at Liberty University by texting DEGREE to 49595. That's DEGREE to 49595. Wisconsin birth certificates are going gender neutral. Governor Tony Evers announced Wisconsinites will have a new gender neutral option for identifying the parents of a newborn. Traditionally, it takes a mother and father to have a baby. That's the way the good Lord intended. But in the 21st century, the radical sex and gender evolutionaries are under the impression that one or the other is irrelevant. Hence the rise of the term birthing parent. Governor Evers, who happens to be a Democrat, says the modern birth certificates will allow folks to choose from a variety of options. You can be old school mother or father, or you can be a parent-parent or a parent giving birth. They say it's about being inclusive. Well, yes, inclusive, but hardly accurate. Try as they might, the radical sex and gender crowd still can't undo one God-ordained truth. It still takes a mommy and a daddy to make a baby. I'm Todd Starnes. In him we were also chosen as God's own, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything by the counsel of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, would be for the praise of his glory. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. 
Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. And welcome back. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman today. I am joined in studio by Fred Jackson and Chris Woodward. And then the inestimable Sandy Rios is joining us. She's Director of Governmental Affairs for AFA. She's host of Sandy Rios in the Morning, one of our most popular programs. Heard weekdays at 7 a.m. Central Time right here on American Family Radio. Sandy, good morning. Good morning, Ed. You always make me laugh when you introduce me. <laughs> well, hey, listen, but mission thank accomplished. thank you for that lovely. Yes, thank you for that. I had to look up an estimable. I can't even say <laughs> yeah. it. Even pronounce it. I, I will say that uh, when, I have, when we have Ray Pritchard on, I always try to come up with some kind of glowing adjective for for him as well so i i do i i i do listen i appreciate our our radio hosts and the folks who help here and and certainly appreciate not just the fact that you're here on american family radio but all you have done for the kingdom you've had a uh, a a long i don't want to say how long that's up to you <laughs> but you've had a a long ministry uh, number numbers of years uh, working for the kingdom and speaking the truth. So you are inestimable, and it's not easy for me to say it either, especially especially twice. So anyway, yes. Sandy, I tell you, we, we want to talk about one of one of your favorite topics. I know, oh, yes. and that is COVID. Fred, you mm. you had something this morning. I just couldn't believe uh, talking about what's happening in uh, your neck of the woods up in Canada. Well, it, it scares me when I, I I read about public policies in Canada. And when I came down from Canada 24 years ago, I, I was worried about what was happening in Canada then is going to happen here. And I'm seeing it in various public policy avenues, free speech being affected, et cetera, et cetera. Sandy, I was, a couple of articles on how uh, Canadian governments, when I talk governments, I mean provincial governments are now in, in Canada, in particular Nova Scotia, I was reading something this morning where the health ministry there is saying, we're really never going back to pre-pandemic days. In other words, the restrictions that we have put in place are going to be part of our lives now. And then there was uh, the province of Prince Edward Island, you know, Anna Green Gables. Uh, It's connected to the mainland by a bridge. And they're opening up the province of PEI for the first time to other Atlantic provinces. In other words, they've been literally an island onto themselves now since late last year. And, And there's a little sign now on the bridge as they open up saying, a COVID checkpoint in 14 kilometers. They do kilometers up there, 14 right. kilometers. And I just thought, uh, I'm afraid when I'm starting to hear talk here uh, in the United States uh, about the variant D. And I heard just heard the doctor before coming into a studio being interviewed. Well, it's probably a good idea that they're in Los Angeles, Canada, they're going back to masks again if you're inside, even if you're fully vaccinated. And, and just m- sends chills, Sandy, up my spine when I hear this kind of control, 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 and I'm very suspicious. Well, I am too, Fred. You know that I am. 
I preach that all the time because it just doesn't comport with reality. Mm. Uh, the, 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 what they say and the, f- the fear that they have uh, instilled in people just isn't realistic. You know, I've been in an area lately where um, almost everyone doesn't wear masks, like all of the restrictions are off. Uh, but you see these isolated groups of people, and they are so fearful. I walked into a business uh, that still, you know, is keeping all the regulations, and all the people that worked in there, were probably half a dozen of them, they all were masked, which looked odd to me because I haven't been in that uh, situation in a long time. And they all looked so pinched and fearful and uncomfortable. And I just thought, there is just something so against human nature in all of this. And I've said this before. And that is the whole notion that isolation and masking and all of that is really hard on the psyche. Uh, And so that alone makes it just offensive. And then, of course, in Canada, Fred, really, honestly, in your home country, the restrictions have been onerous. You know that we can still not travel. Can you travel into Canada yourself? If if I was to try, I would have to uh, check at the border whether I check positive or negative for COVID. And then if positive, I've had to quarantine or tell them where I'm going to be for the next 14 days, basically quarantine myself for 14 days. So, no, I haven't been able to go home and visit family for a year and a half. You know, uh, and to make this personal, you know my son and the family were in Vancouver for, for a long time. Yes. And they have a st- when they went to Scotland, they left a lot of their stuff in storage. They can't even get to it. They can't go. Mm. You know, Americans can't go into Canada right now. No. they yeah, so it's it's ridiculous, and and add to that, uh, Fred and the rest of you, this insistence on vaccinating. I saw, did you see Trudeau in that video, Fred, where he said a couple of weeks ago, uh, laughing about how you um, everyone must get vaccinated, and if your old uncle something is uh, resisting, you should you know encourage him not to resist getting the vaccination. Yeah, and then we saw Trudeau at the G seven conference. Uh, chatting it up with world leaders, nose to nose, hugging, arms around. It, it's a very different rule for mm-hmm. those leaders that are pushing this. And and the thing about that, I'll just say this one thing about the vaccine. We I could say a lot of things, but we know now how dangerous it can be. Mm-hmm. We know from stats out of Israel that uh, young men especially have been developing myocarditis uh, and and. Uh, They've been getting it fully 25 more times than the usual rate among young men. Mm. There's a girl at Northwestern University that was vaccinated and uh, developed heart problems right away. They tried to do a heart transplant, and she died. This happened just a couple of months ago. Now, I know that's just Mm -hmm. one story, but in Israel, we're talking about young men who are vaccinated developing myocarditis 25 times the usual rate, and some of them have died. Um, So we're talking about our government officials and our school and college officials forcing people to do something that is potentially deadly. I I want to build off what Sandy just mentioned there. Uh, I included a little bit of this story in a newscast earlier this month. The Associated Press did a story about uh, heart reactions probed as possible rare vaccine link in teens. This was an article on seven U.S. teens in several states published this month in Pediatrics. Uh, talking about the the latest reports of heart inflammation discovered after the COVID-19 vaccination. Uh, and it goes on to say at the very bottom that authorities and officials still say it's safe to get the vaccine and that you should. 
<laughs> after you've just told everybody about this potential side effect in well, kids. Well, I think that th- their answer to that, I'm not defending them. Their their answer would be, it's still relatively rare, mm-hmm. right? True. That yeah. is true. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's one example here. It's one example abroad. It's it's an example. There are examples out there if you look for them. And if a news outlet and kudos to whoever this person who may no longer work at AP. Uh, wrote this. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, uh, there are stories about this. It's not just something you see somebody share on Facebook. Well, Sandy, yeah. you, go, go ahead. Well, I just, the point has to be made, though. It, it It's true. Uh, look, <clears throat> we don't know how, what the numbers are because we're probably not getting honest reporting. Uh, but uh, the decision has to be made whether the chance you're taking, taking the vaccination, is greater than the t- chance you're taking of getting COVID now. Okay, the COVID cases are just, <clears throat> they're minuscule, non-existent yeah. in most states. So forcing a vaccination that has even a small potential of causing a serious bodily harm or death makes no sense. It's just unconscionable to me, well, especially... So- when the sorry, one last thing. When the vaccine is set up in such a way that there's no recourse, there's no suit, there's no liability. If you become disabled or die, you're it's on you. You can't do anything about it. Well, Sandy, you were talking earlier about human nature when it comes to isolation and fear and those kind of things. I mean, we're also seeing uh, an illustration of human nature when it comes to those on the left wanting power to aggregate power for the government and force compliance with a uh, uh, on a population that has been panicked i mean I, i'm not saying that panic exists widespread now but they are intent we're seeing in canada los angeles county these other places where they seem intent on keeping the power that they gathered to themselves so that's also human nature which is why the constitution was written to protect us from government overreach well the other part of that is yes i think all of that's true i think there's also another probably wide swath of people who have so bought into this and have you know uh masked and put gloves on and you know, just been like obsessed with the dangers of COVID Mm -hmm. and they are learning stuff they've never heard before. And it's a little probably embarrassing to them that they went so far out over their skis. And, and so people don't like to say, you know, I might not have been totally right about that. I might've gone a little bit too far. They would rather instead be justified. We're all that way. And that that is human nature. It's like the hatred of Donald Trump. Uh, they they can't bring themselves to admitting that he might have done something good, even if he does. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like we are entrenched in a position. And I think uh, people that uh, were such strong advocates of masking and distancing and all of that, uh, it hasn't worked out the way they were told. They bought into the story, and I think there's some embarrassment, and they want there to be another variant so they can yeah. think, see, I was right. I told that you. also is human nature. Yeah. All right, last question. We'll let you go with this. but uh, And this is a quick one and a little bit of a softball. So uh, <laughs> two, years, two years from now, three years from now, do you think the name Anthony Fauci will be mud? In, in other words, <laughs> do you think it will be proven that X, Y, or Z, that he knew about, you know, the uh, – uh, uh, what do they call it? Func- uh, the Wuhan gain lab? of function mm-hmm. research oh, yeah. and all that. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you think his name 
his star that rose so quickly will fall? Yes, I do, actually. I mean, it, it depends. Okay. The complex answer to that is that is it depends on how the political winds go here. Because uh, just as easily they could sweep under the rug and never to be seen again yeah. via Google, Facebook, or Twitter that Dr. Anthony Fauci was a villain in his own time. That could happen also. Uh, but it seems like we're moving toward a trajectory where things are, information is getting through in spite of these uh, onerous uh, powers through social media and government that want to shut up the truth. So I'm not sure who's going to win with that. But I was thinking, musingly, I was thinking, you know, when someone says to you, you're, a, you're just a Benedict Arnold, <laughs> are they going to say, you're just an Anthony Fauci? It's possible. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, there, in, in history and entertainment, there was Benedict Arnold, there was Snidely Whiplash, and for those of you who remember that Snidely Whiplash, and then there may, may be, who knows, Anthony Fauci, Dr. Anthony Fauci. So, yeah. all right, He's, Sandy, uh, what, what do you got coming up this week? Anything you want to kind of highlight for the folks? Uh, or, or? Well, I, uh, yeah, I have a really interesting interview with Charles Murray. Charles Murray is the intellectual writer, MIT graduate, Harvard who was at Middlebury College uh, a few years ago and was one of the first conservative speakers to be taken down by uh, college students. I don't know if you guys remember that. Oh, it was yeah, really, I do. It sure. really got violent. I mean, they actually hurt people. Um, he's going to be joining me, and his, con- his, his book is very controversial. It's on uh, two, something about two facts that explain uh, the racial divide. And he talks about uh, the differences in races, and uh, so it's going to be uh, a very interesting. That'll be on Friday. Okay. Uh, it'll be controversial. I'm sure of that. Uh, and well, so- and that, that's such a, such a surprise, Sandy. I mean, you usually <laughs> play it right down the middle. I yeah. mean, very, you very know, little controversy. The truth is, I'll just tell you up front, that I don't know what he's going to say. I have an inkling, and I, I'm going to probably have my hands full trying to, you know, trying to. Uh, <laughs> uh, co- but, but no, I think that that's how we learn. So yeah. he'll probably say some things that I go, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but he is a he's a brilliant guy and a, a fascinating past. So I'm anxious. I'm looking forward to talking to him, and we'll talk to him on Friday. I consider that a coup. He he's a heavy hitter, uh, very intellectual. Does has done a lot of research. Some of his views have been controversial, but that's a, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a great catch to have mm-hmm. him on your program. So hey, yeah, th- I think so too. Thanks. Oh, Sandy. and also yeah. uh, Daniel Pipes. Uh, he, Daniel Pipes of the Middle East Forum is another yeah huge. Uh, intellectual uh, powerhouse on the Middle East and all things, uh, all things uh, Muslim, and he's going to be joining me. So that'll that'll be excellent well, on a different day. Now that you mention those two, I'm I'm sorry you had to talk to us. This <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you just uh, intellectual lightweights here, and then you got yes, Daniel Pipes yes. and Charles Murray. This is your opportunity, uh, Sandy, to say something nice about us. But I see you. you yeah, I'll drop me. your names to them. Okay, I'll do that. Right? <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, Sandy. Okay, you're welcome. Talk to you later. See Bye. you, Sandy. folks. That was Sandy Rios, Director of Governmental Affairs for American Family Association and host of Sandy Rios in the Morning. You can see why her program is so popular. She has great guests, mm-hmm. great analysis. Her program is heard weekdays at 7 a.m. Central Time on American Family Radio. Do you guys remember last year when Dr. Fauci made headlines for suggesting that we should wear goggles in addition to masks and <laughs> yes. face coverings? 
Yes. Uh, I called. I remember when that came out, and, and Fred Jackson, the resident alien of OneNewsNow.com, um, he uh, he said, you've got to call Sandy about this. And so I did. And Sandy told me, quote, for him to say now we have to wear goggles and a face mask is the height of audacity. Dr. Fauci is a very dangerous little smiling man. <laughs> I looked it up. It's yes. still on the internet. Sandy, Sandy does not mince words. Well, you know, and that's the Listen, thing. Listen, you say you say something stupid, you're getting both yes. barrels. Yes, and that's the thing that has always gotten me about Dr. Fauci. It, clearly, he likes coverage. He likes to be talked oh, yeah. about. He likes to be interviewed. He likes to be on the cover of magazines, sitting by his pool, not wearing a mask, and whatever else. Um, but one of the things that's always puzzled me about him and the news media not covering somebody beyond him. And I've talked about this before on the program. In May of last year, Dr. Fauci was asked to testify in front of a Senate committee. I forget which one, but Dr. Rand Paul, senator from Kentucky, was on that committee. And Dr. Paul took him to task for, you know, data all over the place on whether or not kids should be in school or wearing a mask and whatever else. And Dr. Fauci, in defending himself, uh, well, Doc, Senator Rand Paul had said, you know, we need to be seeking somebody beyond you. You're just one man's opinion, whatever else. And Dr. Fauci told Senator Paul at that time, May of last year, I never said I was the end-all, be-all. Okay? <laughs> and, okay, that's fine. Why, are, why is everybody hanging on every word that this man says? He himself said last year, I never said I was the end-all, be-all on these things. But how many websites... And news outlets and headlines, do you still see saying something, something Fauci says or says Fauci? I, I have the answer to that. Since uh, Joe Biden was elected, Fauci turned on Trump. He even turned on Trump during the last months of the campaign. <clears throat> Pardon me, the last months of the election campaign. The media loves Anthony Fauci. They do. They, they love him because he has turned on Donald Trump. He denies that he was part of the problem early on in the Trump administration and they're dealing. Trump was taking advice from Anthony Fauci that all proved wrong. Trump did it because we were in panic mode in this country. And so he had to depend on this expert air quotes right. there. And so, and, but we find out Trump started to say, wait a minute, I, I don't think Fauci's right on this. Yeah. And, and then the, the media mm -hmm. pounced on Trump. And, of course, since we now know that Biden kept Fauci in, in, in this powerful chair that he still has. And it's because he's dumping on Trump still yeah. to this day. So that's why the media loves Anthony Fauci. Well, well and, he, yeah. and he wasn't a, a nobody in his field. He was a nobody to most Americans. But he's, he's the director of the National Institute of Allergies and Infectious mm -hmm. Diseases. So, I mean, it's, it's, he, he was considered to be, Fred, you had the air quotes, an expert. Right. And then became the face of the federal government as the federal government basically seized control of this of the pandemic. And and to your point, I think it's excellent excellent uh, argument, Fred. He is still being paraded because he's anti-Trump. Yeah. So uh, that, that that makes sense to me. Um, if he was defending Trump after the election, I I don't think that Biden would have kept him on. And no. I don't think the media would have continued to look to him. Somebody else would have come forward yeah. to play that role. So, well, um, if what you guys are got? okay with it, uh, we'll, we'll stick kind of with the, the vaccine and the COVID thing for just a minute, because I do want to play this audio here. 
Uh, there is a college in Virginia, Henry, Emory and Henry College. It's in Emory, Virginia, I believe it is. And um, someone tipped off Young America's Foundation that Emory and Henry College wants students to prove they're vaccinated so that way they can go maskless when classes resume uh, in the fall. And uh, Kara Zupkus of Young America's Foundation was talking about this issue yesterday on the Todd Starn Show and what YAF, as it is known, is telling people to do about this. Clip five. Emory and Henry College is essentially requiring special lanyards for any vaccinated student who wants to go on campus this fall and not have to wear a mask. They have to turn in proof to the administration that they have been vaccinated, and then they'll get this special lanyard that says, I'm doing my part, I'm vaccinated, and they have to wear that around campus, both inside, outside, no matter where they are, in order to be maskless. And any students who don't have that lanyard are required to wear masks inside and outside. Through our Campus Bias Tipline Action Center, we're encouraging any concerned parents, students, even people who don't attend the school to reach out to the president of the university, showing their disdain with this decision. I mean, it's blatant hypocrisy, it's virtue signaling, and it really does kind of violate the medical privacy of students. Speaking of that medical privacy, uh, people in some cases do have a medical reason not to get a vaccination for whatever it may be. I've I've seen and heard people say I've got a medical exemption to not wear a mask because I broke my nose or something like that in the past. I have allergies or whatever it may be. Yeah. Uh, and so really when you when you have certain kids, for example, wearing a, a red lanyard versus, I don't know, a blue one, then that's basically pitting one against another. It's a Prince Edward Island kind of situation where those Canadians on the other side of the bridge are dangerous and we shouldn't let them over here. And then you start seeing one another as evil in, in America. Well, for personally, I've got no problem with seeing Canadians as evil, but but <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, Fred, I, I got to say, I think we're going to see a, a lot more of this if this variant, this COVID variant, picks up some steam in certain areas. I don't think it's going to make a. I don't think it's going to be like the pandemic, but what we're seeing from this little college, which I've never heard of before, mm-hmm. uh, I think there's going to be a lot of that in, in certain areas of the country. Probably, you know, in the big cities and blue states, you're going to see some of this uh, where, like Chris is saying, you're, you're going to be a pariah. You're going to be unclean if you haven't had the vaccine. Well, a couple of things. Was it Massachusetts, the story last week? 4,000 people who have been vaccinated have tested positive. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So, number one, having a vaccine doesn't mean you're not going to get this. In fact, the the team, North Carolina State, the baseball team that yes. got sent home mm-hmm. without being able to play in the semifinal match uh, against Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. they had four players who had been vaccinated who tested positive. Yeah. Yes. Jennifer Bridges, the nurse from Houston that's suing because her hospital required right. her and other people to get a vaccination as, as a condition of employment, she told me that, number one, in her opinion, the vaccine didn't work, but she also talked about how people who had gotten a vaccine still came to the hospital because they had COVID. Yeah, this this is, uh, again, goes back to what Sandy was talking about. We ought to be very concerned about this thinking that's out there right now. We can control populations by demonizing those who have not had the vaccination. And I, I think at some point, a court is going to have to step in or someone saying, you can't do this. Mm-hmm. Where is it? Where is it written in law that you must have a vaccination god forbid this ever happens in this country i i mean it it really is and then what happens then to mm-hmm. people we're going to throw people in jail we're going to throw people on an island 
that haven't been vaccinated in order to protect. I mean, it comes to a leper colony mentality. Yeah, I, I, I think that uh, I think that's right. And I think that the left, especially those who put all their faith and trust in the in the government mm-hmm. and in science and so-called experts, they really do view the world this way. Yeah. That you 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 follow the people who know better. You don't know. And if you put me at risk, that's the way it's going to be seen. Well, we all probably had run-ins with what they affectionately call a Karen. Okay. Yeah. It's unfair, perhaps, to people named Karen, women named Karen. But that became the person who was always correcting you, especially about not wearing a mask. Those people got violent. Yes. You know, they were angry because you're putting me in danger. And I, I think I don't think that's died down yet. I hope this variant goes away, and I hope it remains non-lethal or re- relatively speaking non-lethal, so we can get past this. But between now and then, mm-hmm. I think you're going to see these pockets and these schools that maintain this kind of us versus them mentality. If you got put on an island, where would you like to be put on an island? Where? Yeah. I mean, what island? Yeah. I, I must say I'm not familiar enough with islands. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say like Dolphin say, Island, Nantucket, somewhere, you know, somewhere scenic. I was going to say Prince Edward Island, but not anymore. Nah, Fiji. 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 PEI is terrible in the wintertime. <laughs> they got good bottled water there in Fiji. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wouldn't pick up in, in New England anywhere north. I don't I don't want a lot of snow and ice anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm too old for that. Have you ever been to that. Nantucket? I've never asked you that. No, never been to Nantucket. The there's only a, thing I know about a it is country the show song. Wings. There's a country song with that name. <laughs> have you ever been to Nantucket? <laughs> I, I never have. I, probably because that's that's for really rich people, right? So yes, uh, I, I I I've never been there. Not <laughs> even not to either. visit. I've not either. All right, folks, we are going to take a five minute break for news. Yes, you won't be able to hear our voices for about five minutes. You can do this. You can make it. Uh, go make a sandwich. <laughs> go get a bowl of cereal to, you know, tide you over. And uh, then when we come back, Steve Jordahl will be joining us with uh, more news of the day and of the week. So you're listening to, let's uh, say, Trivia Friday. Today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. We'll take a short break and be back. Make sure you join us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.